Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. to another edition of the Thought Police. We are still in election uh, territory because yes. uh, we're still watching with some interest how it's all going to pan out because nobody really knows. Um, even the pollsters have yeah. no idea. Clueless. Um, but we've talked before about the effort the, the, uh, this week about the uh, influence of newspapers. Yeah. And the influence. I suppose you'd have to say the influence of social media is going to be more important in this election maybe even than the last one. Well, it's got to Because be. with every kind of, for me, with every election that's been since about 2012, 2010, around then, you know, social media has become the medium of, of yeah. communication, isn't it? Yes. Um, but I suppose on that front, you have to say that only includes people up to a certain age. I guess so. Well, except to say that Facebook now is an old person's yeah. site, isn't it? That's yeah. what they say. And the kids... The kids, the kids don't on, really want to be on Facebook. They're on Instagram right. or Insta or IG, yes, uh, as they say, yeah. or Snap, right. formerly known as Snapchat. Yeah, I don't understand Snapchat. TikTok, have you heard of TikTok? TikTok, I think I've heard of. My daughter's mad about TikTok. But only in a TikTok. very bad concept. Isn't that the one where there's a lot of grooming going on? Isn't that... You want to watch Ooh, that? Oh, God, I don't I think, think so. I think so. Yeah, I think I did but a story on This that. is the one where they make little videos set to music. Yes, I think that's the Oh, really? what, yeah, I do oh, want to right. check that out okay. um, just to see what's been written about it. Gosh. But the other thing that I found fascinating this week was this new story. You know how we, I think we might talk about last week, the Telegraph group yeah. may be up for sale yeah. and because the Barclay brothers have finally had it after they knock it on the head. Yeah. They wanted 600 million or so. Which is what they paid, isn't it? Which well, they're not going to get. No. But this week, it turns out that Steve Bannon, uh, the former Donald Trump advisor, the creator, if you like, of Donald Trump yeah. in the White House, yeah. might be thinking of buying it. Incredible. Some kind of consortium. Now, you're a man that knows more about the kind of macroeconomics of newspapers and the kind of people who are out there yeah. who've got that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, my first question would be, um, they have to pass a kind of uh, fit and proper Fitness, yeah. ownership type That's thing, right. which is supposed to work in football, clearly doesn't, yeah. um, but does sort of work... Because Rupert Murdoch's fallen foul of it, hasn't he? That's right. Past, and of, Maxwell of, of sort of government, yeah. um, you know, government. Uh, I, spe- I suppose the, the Richard Desmond got Richard a lot. Des- of yeah, I suppose we're, we're talking about the, the committee for culture, media, and sport. Yeah, I mean they kind of have to have to rubber stamp it. The media, the, the minister yeah. for media, has to rubber stamp it, right? I think it would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Because I think they would have to. I mean, as much as I hold Steve Bannon in absolute contempt, I can't point to anything where I would say 
he's done something illegal. No. Or, you know, I think he's a nasty far-right, right. malevolent influence. I mean, but, my, my, I would sort of point to his association with Alex Jones. Yes. Who I think is an absolute horror story. Absolute like, nightmare. Yeah. should not even be considered to be a journalist. Info Wars. Info Wars, based yeah. in Texas. This is the guy who basically accused the kids who were killed in Sandy Hook yeah. uh, at the, 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 the elementary school where they were all gunned down by that crazy yeah. bloke. And they were all actors. That, Mate, that, didn't that guy is just a I mean, he's just kick. scum. He's but, it, but, that, that, but he's also playing a part, which makes yeah, it worse. But it illustrates way. my worries about these characters, yeah. is that they do get a lot of airspace, because mm. what they're saying is so fascinating. but most of his airspace he gets on his own channel. Yeah. You know, because yeah. his own, I mean, Prison Planet, which is what he runs, is a very well-watched... Uh, TV YouTube channel, but they got. But well, haven't they taken it off YouTube? Oh, or, maybe they have. Yeah, yeah, I think they they basically kicked him in the teeth. A they demonetise yeah. a lot of these guys. That's they? right. Um, but say Steve Bannon goes and buys the Telegraph, he can only have one possible reason to do so, yeah. which is to turn it into a very hard right. Some would say far right yeah. vehicle for for his kind of. You know, I I think neo-fascist views. Well, I would say um, I wouldn't call them that, but I would say less about um, him wanting a newspaper because who wants to own a newspaper? Yeah. He might wish to own the Telegraph, which has got a pretty respectable big, kind of uh, big website, a yeah. big website, respectable name as well. Yeah. You know, and use it not just as a British publication, but yeah. use it around the world because you know, let's face it, he's not got. An outlet right now, Steve. No. As far as actually, I mean, he started Breitbart, didn't he? Or he was, yeah. He was involved. They, in they got the, rid of him at Breitbart, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but he got. He was involved in a startup of Breitbart in London. Yeah. Um, which is not doing as well as it did back in the last election. I mean, the last election apparently was one of the most uh, influential websites. Yes. Of uh, in terms of numbers of people going to look at it. Yeah. Uh, of of all websites right. uh, in the twenty seventeen. So. I think he might be someone who's looking to maybe start up a you know Telegraph TV yeah. or you know Telegraph podcast. Would you go and work for Steve radio. Bannon on Telegraph well, I've got TV? No reason not. If well, yeah. I've got no reason not to work for Steve Bannon. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he is in any way a Nazi. I mean, you obviously mm. think he's some kind of far right. You know, well, I do, I do. I mean, he's hell. got weird views. You know, I mean, he's got these views that he. I mean, he believes this book. What's it called? The Third Turning or something like mm. that. The Fourth Turning. And he genuinely believes that society has to be completely destroyed uh-huh. before you can rebuild a new... But does he really believe it? Yes, that? he really believes or it. Or does he not just make out that he no, believes No, he that? really believes it. He's yeah. a, he, I mean, I, he's, he talks about it time and time again. Yeah. And, you know, this is why he was so disappointed with Trump. Because yeah. Trump turned out to be quite a lighter version of, of the sort of right-wing politics uh-huh. he was espousing. Right. And he spent the last 18 months going around all of these... Far right groups like Alternative for Deutschland. He's been in, uh, he's been in Europe quite Pagoda a bit. Pagoda and all of these, yeah. all of these um, um, uh, very, very far right mm. groups trying to organise a sort of pan-European yeah. collective, you know. And I think it's just really dangerous because it's such an appealing message to people when, well, they're, when their skins and things are bad. You and know? it's also an appealing message to people who um, have certain views which are not considered to be the right views to yeah. have. And I think part of the problem, I was listening to a show last night, funnily enough, driving up. Uh, from Sussex, talking about um, how intolerant something was. And yeah. uh, I think, I can't, what, what, what was it? I can't remember now. But anyway, the answer to the intolerance uh, was to be to have zero tolerance right. for the zero tolerance. And you kind of go, well, that's how we got here. You know, if you start having zero tolerance for people... For zero tolerance. For zero tolerance, then that starts to get tricky. Yeah. You know, and it means that, you know, when you talk about free speech and if you start shutting it down, yeah. you are going to have people getting wound up about it yeah. and saying, well, why is this happening? You know, what did you, you think? Do you see that Rod Little thing? 
Yes. So what did you think about that? Well, I mean, I know Rod Little. Yeah. You know Rod Little. Yeah. Um, I think he probably was thinking either I'm going to do this and have a big laugh about it, yeah. uh, or uh, he, he maybe made a, made a misjudgment. Yeah. I didn't read it and think, you know, this is a malicious and ghastly and horrible man writing malicious and ghastly and horrible things. I mean, I don't agree with much of what Rod Little writes. Yeah. And, you know, I am probably woker than most of yeah. Rod Little's circle of yeah. friends. And I'm prepared to accept that. But I did read it and thought there was no way I took seriously the idea no. that he was suggesting Muslims should be disenfranchised. Well, it no. was obviously a joke. It was a joke about... But I mean, he, also, saying, he also wasn't suggesting that you actually drug students. But no, he said, quite. you know, maybe you could give them some drugs so they'd miss out on voting yeah. that day. Which is it's quite funny. Yeah. And, you know, or have it on a day when the yeah. Muslims are, are, you know, committing some kind of act of whatever it is that they can't do anything. So, but it, so the question now then is... is the fact that you were joking, is that a defence to something that is possibly offensive if people took it literally? Well, I think it depends on who's saying it. Yeah. Because that's, in the end, the, way, the only way you can do it. I mean, and people can't. know that Rod Little is uh, Rod Little is contentious and confrontational. He's, he's confrontational. Yeah. He has certain views which, yeah. which you might describe as right-wing. Yeah. But he's a member of... He's now signed up, because I had him uh, in the studio. He's now signed up to the Social Democrat Party. Yes. Oh, right. he's long been, he's not, he's he's long not, been an SDP guy. A, yeah. uh, he's not a Brexit guy. Yeah. He's no. not a Brexit Party guy. No. He's not a Tory. Yeah. And this, uh, so we have the leader of the Social Democrats on quite a bit. And he's not by any means someone you would describe as far right. No. He's actually, you know, very, unlike the Liberal Democrats, he's actually very democratic. I think the problem is, and it goes with the territory, is when your style of communication is so kind of upfront and in mm. people's faces, yeah. which Rod's is, and that means that he gets paid very well for a column on The Sun, yeah. Sunday Times, yeah. in The Spectator... And I think I'm right in saying he's he's one of the most read spectator yeah. columnists. Sure, that's true. So he'll probably get well remunerated. But the quid pro quo is that you've got to write in such a sort of aggressive, upfront, punchy style that mm. you are going to go over well, the line yeah, but, I for mean, some the people trouble, now and again. I mean, the danger now, I think, is that if you work for a mainstream outlet, not so much like the Spectator, yeah. but like the Times or the Sunday Times, yeah. they can suddenly turn around and go, actually, this is not where we want to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is a bit oh, too no, much even for us. Mate, and it's more likely to happen there yeah. than it will at Spectator. And especially when people start putting pressure from yeah. advertisers. Oh, yeah. You know, there's an organisation called Stop Funding Hate, yes. which very successfully put which, a lot of pressure on the mail. lots of people. It does. <laughs> it does. I mean, it does they're the ones spreading the hate. Well, people like Paul Dacre, for yeah. instance, they hate... Yeah. They, they hate, well, they hate anybody right-wing. Yeah. And that is my worry about the way that we now have a society constructed whereby you only really want to talk to people that agree with you. You don't yeah. want anybody to say things you might not like. Do you like. think that's right? No. I don't think that's right. No, it's wrong. I, I mean, I've, people... had, I've had two separate Lib Dems. No, I mean, I, I, know you, I know it's wrong, but do you think that that is happening? Oh, yeah. With ordinary people. Definitely. Don't you think they still have arguments in pubs and stuff like this? No. And bus stops? Well, I Everyone's mean, agreeing I was talking himself. to Kevin O'Sullivan the other day about yeah. that hate crime thing yeah. that he got done for. Yes. He's having a conversation Did he get done for it, he? he? went to court. That's right, yeah. And it cost him a fortune. He got yeah. let off in the yeah. end because there was no basis for the case, right? Yeah. But it took two years yeah. out of his life. Yeah. It cost him a fortune. Yeah. And, you know, he was clearly, you know, damaged by it. Mate, do you know, the, I mean, slight diversion, but yeah. I know people do like our Fleet Street stories. But yeah. When I was head of features at uh, The Mirror, mm. Kevin and Kevin was on showbiz, he yeah. came in one day saying he just had this awful episode on, a, on the DLR, the, right. on the Docklands Light Rail, oh, yeah. where he'd been sitting down and an old woman had come onto the train and had said to him, can you move? Mm. And there were other seats free right. and Kevin had said well just sit there like, right. you know or whatever and this woman had insisted she mm. wanted to sit in this seat and Kevin had 
got up reluctantly, and as he'd got up, he'd brushed past her accidentally and had sent this woman falling to the ground. <laughs> so he said, oh my God, you know, people were looking at me like I'd yeah, assaulted yeah. this woman. So I got some uh, some notepaper and got a British Transport Police yeah. logo, right, and stuck it on this paper right. and then wrote this thing saying can you please uh, identify this person right. we were told that he works for Daily Mirror I had a mugshot right. and, sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> and sent it and faxed it to myself yeah. right at the mirror mm. and then took it to O'Sullivan and yeah. said mate what's this about this yeah. is transport police right. he spent the rest of the day shitting himself calling lawyers everything and right. then it was revealed as, as the big guy <laughs> <laughs> so to find out no, but I mean, I'm definitely I'm very conscious after what happened to him now of, you know, being careful what you say. I mean, at first, the first time I saw it happening yeah. in terms of um, the sort of the public's disgust yeah. about what people were saying was the night of uh, Princess Diana's funeral. Yeah. Because like you, I was working, we've talked about this, 24-7. Yeah. You know, we finally, the funeral finally happened. You know, we all did that picture on the front of, you know, William and Harry walking behind the, yeah. uh, the coffin and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, she then gets taken off to... Uh, to, old, uh, to the island, the island yeah. where the, the yeah. gold's buried. No, sorry, that's nothing to do with it. Um, and uh, so we all went to the Oxo Tower. Finally, it was sort of seven yeah. days of madness, right? And yeah. It's finally come to an end, and we were all kind of standing around in the office, going, "What are we going to do now? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? You know, what happens now? Yeah. And we went, "Let's go to the Oxo Tower." So we went there, and we're drinking away, and we, ta- you know, we were being quite ribald because, yeah. of course, you know. You are, you yeah. know. I mean, I will say to people in my own defence, this is how we protect ourselves from yeah. suffering from horrible PTSD because of all the nasty shit that we see That's right. all the time, which yeah. is partially true. Yeah. But there were these people at the Oxford Tower who started to get quite leery. First of all, they were kind of looking because we were telling Diana jokes, you know, we were falling yeah. about laughing, you know, the mood of the city was apparently <laughs> supposed to be very sombre, yeah. you know. And we, in the end, we were sort of asked to move on. Yeah. I mean, the Oxford Tower people loved us yeah. because we spent a lot of money there, really? as you can imagine. And they kind of went, you know, guys, this is not really it's not know, the time or place. going down too well, so yeah. maybe you want to go somewhere but else. But people do... Um, and that was the first time ever yeah. that I saw the kind of mood yeah. of the people around me dictating how I should behave. And I'm thinking, yeah. hang on a minute, this is fucking London. Yeah. You know, why should I tailor my behaviour to what you think yeah. I should be doing? I'm not doing anything illegal. Yeah. I'm telling a few jokes. Yeah. And the same thing happened with these the two Lib Dems, Layla Moran and this other guy, uh, Alistair Carmichael, yeah. um, who both, funnily enough, in the same week, uh, when I had, I had them, both asked me to, to moderate my language. Really? Right? Because uh, I was talking <laughs> to Layla Moran, who, by the way, has been uh, done for, uh, you know, a domestic incident with her partner uh, because he didn't have the right computer cable. She was arrested by the police for beating him up, right? When? Oh, a few years ago. Oh, really? In Glasgow, funny. What? Um, I didn't bring that up, but what I did say was that, you know, you love, she was banging on about her beloved, you know, European family and she was going, you know, well, I'm European. And I'm like, really? As long as you've got the right computer cable. Have you got a passport? (laughs) Have you got a European passport? Uh, Well, it says the European Union on my part. I said, no, no, no. Have you got a European passport? Yeah. Uh, No. Well, that would be because you can't be European, can you? And then she said, oh, but I can be European in my heart. Yeah. And I went, well, that's fine. But you can't tell me that I have to be European in my heart yeah. and I don't want a European passport because it doesn't exist. I said, if the European family is so great, why is it not doing anything about the, the Spanish police who are cracking the heads yes. of these Catalonian demonstrators yeah. in Barcelona? Yeah. And she said, I really wish you wouldn't use such violent language. Violent language? Well, I said, their heads are being cracked. How do you want me to describe it? It's pretty violent activity. Yeah. She says, I think it doesn't help if you use violent language. But what a snowflake. It's well, a, but you're describing yeah, what exactly. is happening. And for somebody who, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, has been done for a violent act 
Yeah. You know, I thought that was quite amazing. That's amazing. Nuts. Alistair Carmichael, who's actually been found guilty of lying in a court of law in Scotland, right. because he was the guy who leaked the story that never happened, yeah. that Nicola Sturgeon apparently had had a conversation with uh, the French ambassador, yeah. saying that, you know, she wanted to talk about, you know, Scottish independence with yeah. the French and all this. Turned out to be total bollocks. He got taken to court, found guilty of lying. He said to me he didn't like my use of the word, um, I can't remember what it was now, but it was me describing him as you know, being lazy, yeah. as not doing the will of the people, something like yeah. that. He's and also, did yeah, you a bit of I didn't actually know because we're not allowed to do yeah. that. But you know, the point yeah. is, is that this is now the new yeah. sort of um, tyranny, which is the tyranny of words. You can't yeah. write about Muslims yeah. like that. You can't say things like that yeah. about women. You can't mention transgender people yeah. in any way other than you know being very nice to them. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You know, that's not the way the world is. I'm sort of torn on it in that I think you know if you apply that. If you go back and you think about the 70s, right, yeah. not to go all whiny and, and sorry and nostalgic for the 70s, but it was open season on Liverpudlians, yeah. on uh, travellers, gypsies, whatever you want to call them, um, huge amount of racism, packy bashing, yes. you know, there was all of this stuff going on. And all of those things, and, and of course, like uh, loads of homophobia and stuff like this, all of those things have ceased to become kind of acceptable yeah. and if you and I were in a pub and someone made a racist joke mm. we'd probably say mate you know honestly not yeah. not in public thank no, you but also, no I think you, you know. would just say what the fuck's wrong with you or you're however a critic, yeah. um, unfortunately that has not fully kind of filtered through to the football world has it because no. as much as most of it now seems to happen in, in Eastern Europe yeah. which we know about yeah. uh, because they're you know unable to fucking accept yeah. because they have a very sort of monolithic culture I suppose yeah. uh, they're very unwilling to accept uh, that they're racist in any way yeah. but we still have it in this I mean only uh, this weekend I see that Everton are having to investigate uh, uh, um, the shouting of yeah. some racist taunts but, at the Everton game. But that that but that almost proves my point, though. In that you know, thirty years ago, it would never have even flickered on the radar. You know, it would just be standard practice. But I mean, there are still racists. Yeah. Um... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No And in Spain, for instance, you, know, you mentioned Eastern Europe, but Spain's, yeah. for instance, oh, yeah. like, do you remember, was it the Beijing Olympics when yeah. the Spanish, yeah, it must have been, because the Spanish basketball team posed up for like their annual calendar mm. off on their way to Beijing and they'd all sort of pulled their eyes apart you know to do oh, really? Chinese oh, slitty right. eyes you know and all of this business right. and just thought it was hilarious yeah. and we all said you know racist bastards right. no one in Spain could understand mm. what we were getting wound right. up about so you do have these completely different sensibilities yeah. but I do think that by and large if people are offended and hurt by descriptions of the way people talk about them mm. Then it's a good thing, you yeah. know. Political correctness in I mean, that sense is a think, good thing. I think yeah. it's better to have it out in the open, yeah, so that people can be castigated. I mean, you know, yeah. you talk about sort of racist attitudes politically and that sort of thing. But here's an example, mate. Go on. Transgender, mm. right? Now, 
you've got to be a very brave journalist to have a to write a piece yeah. about the transgender debate, oh, yeah. and it is a debate. Yeah. You know, there are lots of different nuanced factors, and many of them coming from feminists. Yeah, yeah. You know, feminists oh, yeah, have totally. diff- different views of it. Yeah, um, it's not just men who are kind of going, "I don't get this." I don't, I get don't understand this, why like you want to dress like so that. So there's a definite debate going on. And yet, there are people who get absolutely pilloried yeah. by a fairly well, active... Sharon Davis is one. Isn't it? She <coughs> yes. gets it all the time. Janice Turner gets yeah. absolutely murdered. Um, and and it's because it's taken on this... Because it, like everything else in life, if it starts to leave the realms of common sense, yeah. people with common sense and ordinary people, yeah. and by that I don't... I, I mean sort of just yeah. the man and woman in the street. Yeah. Not the man and woman in your street, you know, because you live in a very trendy yeah. part of London. Yeah. But the man and woman in sort of every other street, right? Yeah. If you went to the street, in part Liverpool, of my street. yeah, part of your street, <laughs> Liverpool somewhere, you know, yeah. what do you think of a, a, a guy running in a race against a lot of women? Yeah. It's okay because he now says he's also. Yeah, identifies as a woman. You kind of go, yeah. well, that's, that that's nuts. bonkers, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, why are we doing but, that? But, but so, so I agree. And that is, so that, but that debate is very difficult to have host if you are immediately threatened with all sorts yeah. of stuff by these activists right. so that in a way they are i think people who respond to the changing climate with that kind of degree of sort of totalitarian unacceptance well, they're, they're trying to shut it down lack of tolerance they're harming themselves yeah because then the debate can't happen and right. people who you say and i would say have common sense yeah. and by the way I don't think common sense is a fixed thing. I think common sense changes sure. over time. Then they do look at it and just think, my God, those people are nuts. Mm. And and they don't represent the whole community. But that, that at one point would have been the same for all sorts of yeah. different changing rights. But I think as well, the kind of the media's fear of yeah. that, and I mean by that particularly like television, yeah. their fear yeah. of upsetting people has now got us to this place it's where... It's become epic. Yeah. It's ridiculous, That's you know, right. that you have to... I mean, you look at any kind of soap opera, I mean, yeah. you know, you look at any sort of um, so-called, you know, um, tale of everyday folk. Yeah. It's not a tale of everyday folk yeah. anymore. It's a tale of everyday folk uh, with all sorts of other people involved yeah. as well because we know that's what society's like. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but yeah. it's not like yeah. that. You know, it might be like that in your scriptwriter's head, you yeah. know, that you have to have a lesbian couple in every street yeah. uh, or you have to have a gay couple in every street or you have to have, you know, a transgender person in every pub. Yeah. You know, the world isn't like that. No. And unfortunately, everybody should accept that that can be the case. Yeah. But I think people resent it being kind of thrust in front of them yeah. and being told, well, this is what, you know, if you're watching Hollyoaks or something... Suddenly, it's become this very woke Has sort been? of drama. Well, yeah. I only see the end of it before uh, Channel Four News starts. Yeah. But the last five, you know, it's not. It doesn't look like a soap opera of a sort of town yeah. up in the northwest of England I mean, to so, me anymore. You know, is that it, are soap operas the right vehicle to try and you know? Well, probably for some not. Ed, liberal education of the nation, you know. No, I think I that's think the problem. I think yeah. that's the trouble. Yeah. And I think because although you know, when I talk to my fifteen-year-old. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. No. You know, his view of life is that well. You can be what you want. Live and let live. Live and let live. Which what, I think will be... I think which which I think be, is good. Yeah, probably the last generation. Yeah. Who and I actually, I actually don't care. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is I don't think that if you disagree with whatever is now yeah. the sort of, you know, the, the, the thinking uh, of most uh, decent people, yeah. that you should somehow be shut down. Yeah. And you shouldn't be allowed, like, this no-platforming stuff that goes on. I think that's Where they try and yeah. stop people from speaking. Yeah. At universities, it's happening awful All lot, the time. Because they think that somehow... You know that's a bad thing. Yeah. You know that's that to me is is just the thin end of the wedge mm. about when you start to actually lose democracy, because if you can't 
put somebody up and express a view and then tear them down. If what your response to that is is that I dislike what you say so yeah, much, yeah. I'm not even going to listen to right. it. Then, then you really are on a on a road towards you know a nasty place. Yeah. I think. Well, and you remember the, Voltaire? Voltaire, the yeah. great French writer philosopher, said. You know, I may disagree with everything you say, but I will defend to the death your right you to know, say it. He didn't actually ever say that, didn't he? No, don't. Everybody blow out thinks, my no, everybody intellectual. thinks that he said it, but actually it was said by somebody he said else. It, he said it. In he French. nicked it. No, he did nicked it. it. Did he? From some other woman who said it some years before. Yeah. And everybody quotes it as Voltaire, so that's okay. He stole it. He stole it. You, you know, know, just like Picasso used to say, "Talent borrows genius." No, well, exactly. Now you're going to tell me Picasso. No, exactly. Well, you know, who knows? But I mean. Do you prefer his cubist period or his blue period? I do. I, well, here, I'm a bit of an art connoisseur. Are you? I am. Oh, yeah. And, uh, when was I'm, the last art gallery you went to? Oh, when, what, to what? I went to the Tate Modern. I should tell you some of my old man stuff. Yeah. I've got, got loads of Who's it. your, is it Paul Clee or? No, no, no he's, he's, he's Archie man? Graham, but he was quite a good artist. You, um, oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, he was oils? an artist by training. He did he? oils, he did a lot of abstracts, oh, good, yeah. Good. And we had a couple of exhibitions when he was alive. Yeah. Um, and he was quite sort of... Um, sanguine about it all yeah. and we used to invite all our friends yeah. um, either from the city where my sister worked yeah. or from my case newspapers and we always used to so he was quite modest I think the most he sold an, uh, a painting for was five grand right and that's I gave, that's I gave, I gave him yeah. that you know because I just thought I'm going to have to give you money anyway you should tweet some of his uh, some I have done actually yeah, right. I do, I'll do some right, well if you listen to um, this you can see Mike's dad's yeah, work soon I'll, I'll put it out there yeah. and um he, uh, he, after we had the first, um, and we had it in the old Scribes, which was in Fleet Street, yeah. the first exhibition, and I think we sold, on the, we had a sort of overnight party, you know, paid for booze, everybody came for a drink, yeah. sold about 10 paintings, and Fantastic. he said, well, he said, Van Gogh only sold one, and that was to his own brother. That's right. So he said, I reckon I was a success. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, so I remember once at uh, the Mirror when Piers was editing, Picasso, there was a Picasso painting had become the most expensive painting yes. ever and it was one of his sort of analytical cubist mm. ones mm. you know eyes all over the right. place and bright colours and sharp lines and uh, and we ran a feature with it was, well, the, the, it was the centre spread right. in the mirror right. and it had like 15 different paintings on it right. and the headline was which one of these is the Picasso right. right and then at the bottom it said answer they're all Picasso right. and they were all completely different okay. styles realism impressionism not mirror that, you know. it? no well I thought actually that is the brilliance of the Daily Mirror yeah. is you've got access to a huge and intelligent audience yeah. and you can tell them things that are interesting and educational without having to pander to them and I think where papers yeah, have how gone wrong. did they lose while you were in charge? Oh, a lot. Well, they yeah, no, started. When I arrived at the Mirror, it started. It well, we could all say that, right? Three and a half million yeah. copies. And when I left, it was like 1.6. <laughs> but it's, it's like. It's, it's, it's under half a million now. It's, it's pathetic. Yeah. Though. And also, that figure, don't forget, includes the average for the week. So that yeah, means that because they have a bigger sale on, say, a Saturday, Saturday yeah. that means that on any given Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Gosh. they're down around 300,000. I mean, everyone, everyone is infected oh, by this. But well, when it's... I joined the Express in 92, they were doing about 2 million. Do you know my theory is what's happened, though, is that it's becoming worse and worse because if you're the editor of a national newspaper mm. that's losing, you know, 13, 15, 20% sales... Yeah. Your natural instinct is going to be, how on earth can I cling on to the right. ones I've got? And you're going to start double-guessing yeah. the audience. Yeah. And I don't think the audience wants to be double-guessed. I think they want to have an invigorating, well, I've you know, genuine about opinion. Any media, you know? About any media, whether it's radio, TV, newspapers, 
you know, there's no point in going and asking them what they want. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, that's what a lot of managements now do because yeah. they think that's the way forward. Yeah. But what you have to do is hire the right people to produce something that people want. Yeah. Because if you write a decent book, people buy it. If you produce a decent newspaper, people buy it. If you make a, good, if you a decent, make a film, decent yeah. film, people go and see it. If you're a good radio show, yeah. people will listen to it. But people... There's no point. I mean, somebody tweeted out the other day, and I think it was somebody in the media, I can't remember who it was, who basically said, I've just read all the papers... And it feels like they're reporting on yesterday's Twitter. Yeah, that's right. And that's kind that's of what true. it's like. That's true. I mean, I've read most of what's in the yeah. papers every day. Yeah. At least the night before. Yeah. If not the day before. I thought when the Observer changed editors about eighteen months ago, two Do years. Do you know ago, what's really awful? I don't on. think I can tell you who the editor of the Observer is. Well, I I can tell you, but only because I the previous editor is a very good friend of mine, and he was his deputy became editor. But I did think there's an opportunity there for the Observer, which sells very few. Yeah, now. they must be below a hundred thousand, wasn't they? Well, I think they're like one hundred twenty thousand, mm. something like that. And I don't know how much of that is genuine and bulk, yeah. whatever. But I mean, they're a small title. But what a great opportunity just to make it purely analysis, yeah. because that's what papers have got to offer now. Well, I you've think. got to change, haven't yeah. you? I mean, like New Europeans are success. Yeah, because it's because all analysis. It's all analysis, but it's also done for a particular perspective. Yeah. And it's got interesting people doing it yeah. with ideas. Yeah. They're not just going, oh, this is what happened. Yeah. You know, the, you're, not, you're not sitting there on a sort of Wednesday night yeah. going, oh, what are we going to splash then? Are yeah. we going to wait for the news? No. Never. What's the point? But the New European was a success because I genuinely didn't care whether it survived or not. Yeah. Because we were only meant to be there for four weeks. Yeah. I didn't have a business saying, where's our circulation right. figure? Where's the ad yeah. revenue? There was no pressure. So when I was editing the paper, I honestly edited it for myself yeah. and I was as wild as I liked. Yeah. And I remember once we ran well, a... Well, that should tell them something, shouldn't We it? ran a picture of, of Donald Trump with a barcode on right. his upper lip, right. Right, which looked like a Hitler moustache. <laughs> and it said, is, is Trump a fascist? Right. And we had loads of writing about it. And that, at the time, was shocking. right? It, and it shocked mm. people. And it felt to me like it was a big risk. Right. Publishing it, I thought, right. like, you know, maybe this will get us shut down. You know? right. But we published it. It was the best-selling issue we'd done in months right. and months. It was the one most people can remember now. And I do think that's what's missing, is, is the ability for editors now in national newspapers to really go out well, on, on a limb. When we worked for yeah. was that kind of editor. And he, he used to say, right, this is what we're doing. I don't yeah. care what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And if you believe in it, yeah. you do it balls and all, page one, and then, t- you know, take your... Take your and the worst the thing for peers was nobody talking about it no. for better or worse. No. I remember one one news. There was the Naomi uh, Campbell um, Health. Do you remember we published? There was some intrusion on her yeah, mental yeah, yeah. health. Yeah. There was. Uh, Didn't she be? Had she gone to a rehab? She, yeah. There was, and she successfully yeah. sued the Mirror. Right. And there was another, but there was another big exclusive we'd broken, and then there was a third story we'd had that week, like yeah. the break in of the Butler or something like this. Yeah. yeah. And the mirror literally was the top three news items on right. the news at ten. Right. And I've just never thought in in history yeah. in the UK had one paper and that in one day. Had that and also that too. told you how useless a lot of the other papers had become. Yeah. Because when he was editing the News of the World, when I knew him then, he used to say, you know, my aim in life is to lead the one o'clock news on a Sunday. That's right. And invariably they did because they yeah. had that whole series of people. Yeah. They, oh, I just hit the microphone. Hit the microphone. Sorry. Um, a whole whole series of people, including the Ministry of Defence guy. Yeah. It's called Shaggy. Do you remember? That's and right. it was brilliant. You know, they had one week after week after yeah. week, one scandal after yeah. the other. Do you remember him uh, when he was at the News of the World? He said he used to tell the story that he'd had an advert. Mm. Uh, they'd bought space on TV for that week's, right. that Sunday's paper. Uh-huh. 
and the story they were going to advertise had fallen through at the last yeah. minute. <laughs> and so instead of pulling the advert, Piers said, I don't know whether he did it or he was going to do it or whatever, but he was going to go on TV and he would just be a shot of him behind his desk and for 20 seconds he'd just be talking to camera and he was going to say, in this week's News of the World, we have a story so sensational, so awful, yeah. so despicable to behold, I am prohibited from telling you what it is right. on national that's television. Brilliant. Good night. That's fantastic. <laughs> and that's why it was great, though, because yeah. that's, that's the kind of people you want. Yeah. You don't want this kind of, you know, management by decline yeah. Yeah. and by sort of, you know, consultation. Yeah. And, I mean, most of what we've seen in the past, say, five or six years has just been newspapers putting up their prices. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this. I was shocked the day that we, we had to do a, a show on Saturday. And I don't buy newspapers as a general rule. Right. I bought three papers to take with me to College Green. The Mail... Uh, the Guardian and the Times, right? Yeah. Um, three papers, all very thick. I mean, it was a yeah. big watch. And I was at my stadium and I said, and I, I sort of had about, I, I had a fiver out thinking yeah. I'll get some change here. Yeah. Seven quid. Really? I was like, what? Bloody you want seven quid for yeah. three papers? Amazing. And of course, I left them all there because yeah. I couldn't be asked to carry them home. Yeah. You know, but basically, I mean, who the hell has got that kind of money to spend on, a, on three newspapers, which is what we all used yeah. to do? I mean, I used to go and buy on a Sunday yeah. when I wasn't working. You know, probably about four or five papers. Well, you were meant to read everything, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, and you couldn't read them online then because yeah. you couldn't. I remember the they editor, the son, used to um, leave quizzes for the sub-editors, you know, to well, answer. Do you remember they used, to, they, used to, they used to send papers around to people in cars? I remember yeah. when I first worked yes. in Scotland, Peter yeah. Cox used to have the first editions. That's right. You know, basically driven to his house. Because he used to go and buy them in Charing Cross. Yeah. Do you remember? Because there was a, that's where, that was the first place the mm. papers would go on sale. Yeah. It might still be true for it, all I think I it might well be. Outside Charing Cross, all yeah. the, all the uh, printers would dump a pile of papers there right. to that news agent. And you'd have people on motorbikes waiting yeah. to Yeah, in London I used to go to King's Cross on the way home. Yeah. Um, because they, that, that would be the first place to get all the yeah. first editions. You know, and if you had an amazing front page story, you would do what was called a spoof yes. edition, where you would put some other crap story on or just, you know, whatever was going on in the day. And then everyone would get the paper and the poor sod night editor, which yeah. I used to be at the Mirror, would get would phone the boss and, and he'd say much happening with the competition right. he'd say nah nothing some right. splashed and, and, shit, and, really and then that morning <laughs> you'd wake up to this ball breakingly huge story yeah. and get bollocked well every time that happened to me it was always when we'd done a paper that we thought was great you know, it's yeah. always the best papers. It was never the shit ones. It was never like when you cared, like, <laughs> actually, our paper's shit anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was when you really thought you had a great paper. Yeah. And you'd go, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Well, night. you know, it's like, I mean, it's so different now because if you were late night editor, as I was on the Daily Mirror, and the sun dropped in with a great story, yeah. you know, and remember they used to do like 15 pages, yeah. you know, pages once it was. Oh, yeah. You would change nine or ten pages yeah. of your paper that night yeah. within an hour. Right. Now, they don't do that anymore because they literally well, don't have to... When my dad was a graphic artist working in the Evening News in the early days of the school, and they were still in hot metal days, right? Yeah. They used to do seven editions of the Evening News yeah. from seven in the morning yeah. until about one in the afternoon. Yeah. He was involved in when... And then they were massively against the standard... You know, the right. opposite uh, course, from, yeah. from Rothermere's side and from uh, Beaverbrook's side. Yeah. So it was like the express versus the mail. If the if the standard had a picture they didn't have, yeah. they'd literally just lick it. Yeah. They take the, the they take a picture of the picture in the paper, and in those days it was all with dots, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'd blow it up in the in the um, yeah. in the fucking dark room, <laughs> and then he would paint all the dots out. Yeah. Sometimes he'd put other people in the picture yeah. to make it look like it was a different picture. <laughs> So, you know, they get an exclusive picture of Frank Sinatra or something yeah. arriving at the airport. Yeah. He'd put fucking, you know, Eric Morecambe in it or something. You know, <laughs> and it would be... And so if they accused the, the, the so news of stealing it, 
different picture. Do you know the most famous one, one of them? Um, at the, you know the very, very <laughs> famous photograph of Vinnie Jones grabbing Gazza yes. by the balls? Yeah. And Gazza's looking at the camera, mm. howling in anguish yeah, yeah. as Vinnie grabs right. his nuts. That is actually three pictures all glued is together. It? Yeah, because... The frame where Vinny has the menacing yeah, yeah. sort of like nasty bite right. is Gaza was looking straight forward. Right. Okay. And the frame where Gaza's looking like he's in <laughs> absolute pain, Vinny's laughing. Right. So they cut Gaza's head off the pain one and stuck it on top of right. the of the Vinny one. So whenever you see that photo, it's it's been faked up. And all of that you can now do with the help of an oh, iMac. You don't need minutes. to do it. So, I mean I found an old picture of my old man, yeah. uh, which I'll show you as well, because I think I tweeted that out, of him working. In the in the in the office where he where he was in the Carmelite House, which yeah. was down off Fleet Street, yeah. uh, and I used to go there as a kid. And he's got all this ink. He's yeah. got you know airbrushes. He's yeah. got actual real brushes. He used to be able to write in Times Roman, yeah, right? If you had to, and he used to do maps. Yeah. And in those days, you know, they would have to just hinge on yeah. the places because you couldn't actually put it on the map because that had to be done by the NGA yeah. guys. And I remember him saying to me when I first started out, he says, "You better get yourself an NUJ." card because if you don't they won't publish your copy right. and I said what are you talking about yeah. he's like no they have to have a new job I mean it turned out that wasn't it, as time went on it wasn't as bad yeah. as that but in the old days if you didn't have an NUJ stamp on the back of your copy they wouldn't typeset really? it really yeah. the NGA the would, NGA go, would have nothing sorry to do boys with this is not uh, this wow. is not a union, uh, union word so well, we're, they not, used we're to, not doing it the NGA who were the printers National mm. uh, Graphic Association that's right they used to when my dad was on the Liverpool Echo they would say we're not running we're yeah. not printing a paper with that story we don't agree with it no right you know and that used to happen regularly yeah well these were the guys who ended up getting stripped by yeah. Rupert Murdoch for Wapping yeah. and it had to happen and sadly and guess what half of them cab drivers so I used to try and get to Wapping yeah. when I was visiting from the States and if you got a black cab chances are they'd go I'm not taking a whopping mate yeah. why not I'm in the fucking NGA yeah. well what are you doing driving a cab yeah. oh I've always driven a cab yeah. I mean they, they had yeah. two jobs they and used they to used go to in have... once a week yeah. and ridiculous names sign yeah. out Mickey Mouse they had ghost and jobs that's yeah. right and they'd divvy the I mean I don't want to overdo it but there was a lot of a lot of corruption going on there was yeah. an awful lot of corruption going yeah. on and, and the newspaper also... industry couldn't survive on no. the way they were so they made, because the, the, the sales were so high, they made yeah. so much cash. Yeah. And it is a very much cash business. What yeah. I was going to say about the newspaper management now is that all they do is just keep putting the prices up. Yeah. You know, so where the mirror, when you and I worked for it, was probably, what, 40p or something, yeah. 45p? Yeah, 10p for a long time. You know, <coughs> the price yeah. Price, you know. But it's now about 75p, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, a day. And that's a considerable, wages. you know, what's that a week? It's a lot of money it these is. days. Well, not as much as you would be spending. How's the non-drinking going, by the way? I feel Pretty like good. I actually had a drink on Sunday night. I had My wife wanted a nice bottle of red wine, okay. and I didn't want to let her drink all of it on her own. So I did have a glass of wine, but, but having drunk since, feel, yeah, feel okay. great. Feel great, exercising. Wake up in a good mood. Honestly, I could, couldn't recommend it more. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and much easier than you'd think, giving up, you know, once you decide. Well, once you decide, I mean, I've given up smoking, which is yeah. far more difficult probably yeah. than, than drinking. Yes, um, I think, oh, definitely, because I've done that as well. You know, you know that's and much, been, much and my sister, who still smokes, has been yeah. with me all week, yeah. last week and the week before. Um, and at no point did I think, yeah. I'd actually quite like one of those, just but, didn't bother. You know, the, I mean, the thing that you sort of fear is this social death, you know, because mm. everyone else is drinking mm. around you. But I have to say, since I decided to stop, I've noticed loads of my social circle don't drink anymore. Yeah. And I spoke to a guy who I've known really well for a long time, and he said, I haven't had a drink for three years. Really? Yeah. And I said, what, well, you know, that's amazing. I wish yeah. I could do that. And he said, well, well I did actually have a problem. Right. <laughs> so, that's so he, the thing. Yeah, so 
But nevertheless, I, I think the idea that you've got to be out and, and, and have a bottle of wine to have some fun well, yeah, box, yeah. You know. yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. And on that note, uh, you can have fun by not drinking. Yeah. Uh, you can also have fun by drinking as well. Yeah. So don't get carried away. Go and open a bottle of wine. <coughs> yeah. We're yeah. still police. I'm dying. We'll see you next week. Hopefully. <laughs>